financial problems, elder law, criminal law, tax problems, business matters, divorce, personal injury, bankruptcy, your life, your reality. Life is complicated. There is the law and there is reality. Welcome to Law and Reality, sponsored by Thav Gross. Now here's your host, Ken Gross. Welcome to this segment of Law and Reality. Today's topic is employee legal issues. Brian Small, good morning. Good morning, Ken. Jeffrey Linden. Hey there, Ken. Pat Samasco. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. All right, so I got employee legal issues, but before we get to it, you know, we did a show and we were talking about the three-point retirement plan and Social Security. You had said to me at the end of the show, you had something, we were talking about the idea of Social waiting till 70. Yeah. Well, the first thing is trying to save for retirement. Now, not only is everybody going out to dinner, they're having these places deliver. You're, they're too lazy even drive to go get it. And that's just adding more costs. And, the idea when you're into retirement Guilty. right now, yeah, you, right? <laughs> Every year that you wait to collect Social Security, it goes up 8% per year. But if you retire, you want to be able to spend your money and live. So where are you going to get the money while you're waiting for Social Security? I tell my clients that you should start looking at pulling it out of your retirement accounts like your IRAs or 401k plans because when you pull it out, it's always based on the tax bracket. So if you're not collecting Social Security, your income's lower, which means your tax bracket is lower, which means when you pull the money out of the retirement so account, it's a lower bracket. So if you're already kind of retired or your income is very low, Yeah, you wait then. Yeah, but people won't hear that. And as a lawyer, financial advisor, I have to be a lawyer first, which means I'm a fiduciary to mom and dad. We're, as lawyers, are the, the number one fiduciaries, right? So I have to tell them what's appropriate. If I work for one of the big broker houses and I started telling everybody, pull out of the pull out of your retirement accounts and let your Social Security grow, I'm going to get fired because most financial advisors get paid by assets under management. They want you to collect Social Security now so it can build so up the retirement accounts. Mine, it's completely opposite because we want to cut out the IRS. And by doing that, you're pulling out when you're not earning the income of Social Security, so that's not being taxed. Your income's lower, so your tax bracket on your retirement accounts are lower, so you have more money. So bottom line, if you can, wait till seven. Look, and then again, at health issues and life expectancy issues. But talk to someone about it that has a fiduciary duty to you get the real answers, not just, oh, maybe you take it, go take it now. So the only thing when you say the fiduciary duty, I think of that one commercial on uh, uh, the same guy over and over on every sports commercial with uh, uh, what's the investment company? Um, I don't like naming names. Ken, whatever it is. How many of your friends are collecting Social Security at 62? None of them are collecting at 62, but most of them who are 66 are collecting and not deferring to 70. I'm 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 kind of the lone star saying I'm waiting till seventy, because yeah. they're working, and they're they're working and they have well, income. Well, you're so young and virile. I want the eight percent guaranteed return. <laughs> Absolutely. About, and I, I've already, I I've projected that number. It's huge. Which is a much higher number, as being plus the income I'll have from my retirement savings as what I will live off of 
Whereas if I started taking that number now, my number of what my income will be will be much less, and I don't think that I'll necessarily get the growth to make to make. That's up true. For it. I mean, if you collect it now, and you're working, and you're collecting, you're just going to throw it in your bank account. Yeah, what's your bank account worth will go up a little bit. Well, yeah, what's the bank account making? Half a percent. One Social Security, eight percent increase. Jesus Christ! Look, it's the difference between. Or if the I put two. it in the market, but that's more volatile. And well, more risky. again, that goes back to your risk and right. how long you're going to need it, and when you're going to need it. And I look that. at or as, pay off your mortgage. I look at it as a safe bucket. Yeah, it which, is which absolutely. I, and and how when my investing is, a, I've got a safe, I've got a safe bucket, a moderate bucket, and a risk bucket. And I can't, as I get older, I can't expand the risk bucket because I have to, you know, because I, I and can't absorb the loss. And that's the only safe bucket you had. The old days, you had two safe buckets: your Social Security and your pension. Now, now we're talking about employer-employee stuff. There ain't no more pensions for yeah, people. Pensions are I gone. think pensions are going to come back because you can't. There's no employee loyalty. You're going from company to company to company, you're chasing that dollar, right? The highest. Well, they may dollar. come back if people decide to go back to work. If they go back to work and the company wants to keep them. If you could, the only way to keep a person is to increase their wages, which you, you can know, that compete could be the or the solution to the underemployment that we have right now, where people have left the workforce. Yeah, but so you start bringing pensions back, yes. maybe they'll come back into the workforce. Or the but you, loyalty. You, if you will bring be back there. pensions, the problem is, is you're going to have to figure out a way to fund them properly because the biggest problems you see with the big three and all those other yeah, organizations that provided pensions is the underfunded pension liability and the uh, the costs. Those, yeah, that, that, that's, that, what, that, problem, that's yeah. what brought the, brought them all down. All right, let's shift over to what we were supposed to be talking about, which is employee legal issues. The first one I want to raise before we come to the break is the covenant not to compete. If you said to me what's the most common question I receive as a business lawyer from people coming to me asking <clears throat> me questions about an employment contract, it's the covenant not to compete on the employee side. And I, and I want to put this into three categories for restrictive covenants. You have a covenant not to compete that says for X period of time within a distance or a radius of X miles or within the state of Michigan or Michigan, Ohio, I will not compete with the employer following termination of my employment. You also have a non-solicitation covenant that says you can compete but you cannot take or service any of your employer's existing clients or customers that were existed at the time of termination of employment. And you also have confidentiality covenants that says any proprietary information of the employer you cannot disclose. I got one question. Which one did you make Brian sign? Well, Brian is a <laughs> lawyer. Cannot, can't we do can't it, right? be bound to covenants not to compete or non-solicitations. Right. We can be. We are bound by confidentiality, uh, and but you know, Brian, I don't think has signed any. Nope. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. He's, free He's your exit strategy. Yeah. But. <laughs> First thing I, I'm not sure what that means. That means when he retires, he wants you to send him the check versus him sending yeah, you the check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a true statement. <laughs> I like that idea. Every conce concepts are great. How do we make them into reality is still a work in process there. Okay, but we're working on that. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about covenants not to compete. 
We have a program. We've already developed it and put it in place, and we've been waiting for the rollout for the moratorium to go down. It's called the Eviction Defense Program, the EDP by Thav Gross, and we've developed it and put it in play. But here's the big point, which you were making. You're going to get evicted if you're a tenant, and you need to get on top of this, and you need to defend it, and you need to do everything you can to protect your interests. And the last thing that you want to do is do nothing. Is the debt piling up? Struggling to get by? It's all about preserving future income. Bankruptcy is one option. When it's right, it's the least costly, most effective way to save your home, eliminate a second mortgage, and wipe out credit card debt. But you need to address the problem now. We help people with bankruptcy. Call the experts. We're Thav Gross. Our firm will solve your problem. 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-HELP. Carrying too much debt? Resolve your debt. Call Thav Gross. You don't need to be broke, and you don't need to hit rock bottom. If you have income and you're struggling with debt, dump it. Think about the next 10 or 20 years. If you do what the banks tell you, you'll have nothing to retire with. There is a solution. Don't waste your future. Call Fav Gross. We're experts at eliminating credit card debt. 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-HELP. A lifetime of hard work. If you don't have the right plan in place, you can lose your home, your savings, and more. And you didn't come this far to lose everything. Samasco Law wants you to know that laws are changing. Today, the average cost of nursing home care is $85,000 a year. With proper planning, we can help protect your life savings and get you the Medicaid and nursing home benefits you deserve. How much can you afford to lose? Call Samasco Law today. You can't work. You have to deal with pain and stress. Worse yet, our system for applying for disability benefits seeks to deny you the benefits you're entitled. Jeff Kirshner is an expert in obtaining disability and workers' compensation benefits for his clients. You need to call Jeff before you apply or after you're denied to get the benefits you deserve. 888-235-HELP. 888-235-HELP. If you're retired and in a financial crisis, there is a way out. It pains me when I see a retired couple exhaust their savings by paying credit card bills and for a home hopelessly underwater. Fav Gross specializes in helping retired people in financial crisis. You just can't keep paying until you're broke. You need to address the problem now. 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-HELP. We're Thav Gross. Our firm will solve your problem. Tax problems are major problems. Don't let the IRS levy your wages and seize your assets. There is a solution. We're Thav Gross. Our firm will solve your problem. If you're behind on your taxes and owe money to the IRS, call Fav Gross. We've been solving tax problems for 32 years. We stop wage levies, resolve unfiled returns, and obtain the best possible settlements. Call Fav Gross today, 888-235-HELP. All right, so on the covenant not to compete, here's the first thing that always happens is Jerry the bartender, my favorite fourth member of the panel, or fifth member of the panel, comes <laughs> in and Jerry. says, oh, you don't have to worry about covenants not to compete. You can't stop somebody from working. Everyone has a right to work in Michigan. Don't worry about the covenant not to compete. Do you agree, Jeffrey? No. Right. A hundred percent no. Pat? 
You know, I, I no, but the only cases I ever see is <laughs> not Jerry? the big. He's not sure. It's he not the big, you know, salesman or something for some big company. It's the yoga instructor that left, and now she's trying to open up the yoga studio down the street. Or the something. rule is in Michigan, if the restraint is reasonable in scope and distance, and it's protecting a legitimate business interest of the employer, it's enforceable. And we've litigated numerous covenant cases on both sides. And it has been years and eons since I've seen a judge say, I'm not going to enforce this covenant. The, 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 the judges, first of all, as shocking as this may sound in the current political climate of America, on cases like covenant not to compete in front of a circuit court judge, they enforce the law. And the law says covenants, if they're reasonable, are enforced. So it's a false expectation to think you can just violate the covenant. Now, well, if the I, employer I wants to enforce the covenant, he's got to sue you. He's got to go to the expense of hiring the lawyer and, go, and, and, and pursuing the restraint. But if he does, he will succeed. Yeah. So the, the covenant is put in place, the employer decides to sue. The question is, is what if it's unreasonable length of time? Or what if it's a what if it's 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 an unreasonable right. distance, most, whatever. First of all, most covenants <clears throat> when they're drafted, they'll say if the court determines it's too broad in context, it shall be reduced to the dis to the scope as determined by the court. Right. If you have that savings clause, then the judge reduces the covenant to a reasonable point. If the covenant's poorly drafted and doesn't say that, then, the, then you're giving the judge the latitude to say, this covenant's unenforceable because it's unreasonable, it doesn't have the savings language, and therefore I'm not going to reduce it. So, so what you're so telling me is, is that the judge has the ability to come in and change what the employer and the employee originally agreed that yes. was reasonable in the first place. Yes. You know why? Because, because the employee decided that it wasn't reasonable no, because, after the fact? No, no, no. no, no because no. the, because the you, employer no, has too big of a bargaining position at that point. The he employer has too big of a down. bargaining position and it's because that's what the parties agreed to. Yeah. Right. The contract says this is the covenant but if the court determines it's not reasonable and it should be reduced then that should be the distance. So what the court is doing is following the agreement. That's the whole. That's the essence of contract law that people don't realize. So, so you follow the agreement, and if the agreement allows the court the discretion, both parties are agreeing to that. But as the employee, see, we're talking. If 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 I'm the employee that wants to go work someplace else, and I and I go get that new job, I'm getting sued. How is little employee going to defend against big employer? Little employee's key point, and I, I don't like the little, just normal person. It's not little employee. Yeah, but it's, it's, you it's need to the individual versus the The time big to think about company. the covenant not to compete is before you sign it. They are negotiable. First of right. all, this is a climate of employment in America where employees can dictate terms. Now. They want you. Employer hands you a cover, uh, an employment agreement, 10-point font, fine print, and there's a covenant not to compete. What, you, what do you do? You don't say, well, this is standard and sign it. You say, I'm not signing a covenant not to compete. I will not do that. Employer has the right to say, well, then you're not going to work for me. Right. Employer says, fine. Employer B, will you hire me? Yes, because you know, you've I got clout. People. 
An issue that comes up, though, are for people that have jobs or they get hired without a covenant, and then the employer says, sign this after you're already after working. You're there, yeah. And then a lot of people ask, they can't do that, can they? Yes. And that's we'll get into it later with the difference between at-will employment. But yes, because the employer can say, if you don't sign it, great, you're out. You're, you're not going to have a job tomorrow. And that's and, and and I'm a business lawyer, so I represent sometimes the employee, sometimes the employer, and I've, we we draft those covenants all the time. Where in consideration of continued employment, right. you're agreeing to the covenant. So you have to you have to. You have to negotiate for yourself on it because it is important because when you leave, it is an issue. And now, leaving, let's talk about that. Covenant not to compete when drafted just says when upon any termination of employment. Employment is at will. Let's say the contract says you can be terminated at any time. You sign the covenant a week later, the employer terminates you and says you're bound by a covenant not to compete. That's what the agreement says, and it may be enforced against you. How do you prevent that? You have to negotiate. Even if the employer wants the covenant, you have to say, I'll sign a covenant, but, I'm only, but it only can be enforced against me if I quit or you terminate me for cause. If you fire me or you don't renew the contract or you commit cause and I terminate because you haven't paid me, I'm free from the covenant. You have to negotiate for that. How many new employers look at those and say, we can't hire you because you have this... We don't Most, want to get into it. A lot. Any, any, a sophisticated employer right. always will. And they make the employee represent that there's no covenant not to compete, right. and they ask to see the employment agreement. Why do they do it? Because they don't want to be brought into a lawsuit and buy themselves a problem. The employer that is trying to enforce the covenant, the prior employer, will sue the employee right. and the new employer, claiming the new employer is interfering in the contractual relationship between the old employer and the employee. So the unsophisticated employer doesn't ask. Or the that one question. that just wants the uh, client list and all the uh, proprietary information. They want to get it, bring it over, so we can yeah. take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you, you, yeah, you, you, that's that, bad. That, that's going on in the marketplace too. So the key message on covenants not to compete is negotiate. Understand they are enforceable, but there is room for negotiation. But you have to do it. Take a break, we'll come back, we'll talk about other issues. Carrying too much debt? Resolve your debt. Call Thav Gross. You don't need to be broke and you don't need to hit rock bottom. If you have income and you're struggling with debt, dump it. Think about the next 10 or 20 years. If you do what the banks tell you, you'll have nothing to retire with. There is a solution. Don't waste your future. Call Thav Gross. We're experts at eliminating credit card debt. 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-HELP. I love you too. Bye-bye. That was Jerry. Emma just said her first word. Oh. Jerry says hello and they'll be over soon. Who's Jerry? Is he a friend of yours? No. This Jerry. Our Jerry. And this is his wife and their little girl. Tax problems are major problems. Don't let the IRS levy your wages and seize your assets. There is a solution. Worth Thav Gross, our firm will solve your problem. If you're behind on your taxes and owe money to the IRS, call Thav Gross. 
We've been solving tax problems for 32 years. We stop wage levies, resolve unfiled returns, and obtain the best possible settlements. Call Favgross today, 888-235-HELP. Is the debt piling up? Struggling to get by? It's all about preserving future income. Bankruptcy is one option. When it's right, it's the least costly, most effective way to save your home, eliminate a second mortgage, and wipe out credit card debt. But you need to address the problem now. We help people with bankruptcy. Call the experts. We're Thav Gross. Our firm will solve your problem. 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-HELP. Time for announcements. Want to remind our listeners to watch us every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. on TV20. Remember, you can always come in for a free consultation. We do them via Zoom conferences, teleconference, or in office uh, with proper social distancing in place during COVID. Just call 888-235-HELP or go online and sign up. Debt issues with Brian, tax issues with Jeff and Brian, estate planning issues with Brian, business issues with myself, elder law issues with Pat, disability issues with Jeff Kirshner. Just come in, request a free consult. We're happy to help you out. We, in, our free consults are not meet and greets. We analyze your problem, we look at it, we come up with the solution that you need to do so you know what the method and process is to solve the problem, what it costs, and what the time frame is. Easiest way is just call us, 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-HELP. We'll get you in and go over it. We have free reports on the websites, Resolving Tax Problems, The Real Solutions by myself and Jeff Linden, Bankruptcy Is It Right for Me by Brian Small, How to Save Your Home from Foreclosure, Business Formation Loans and Grants for Small Businesses in Detroit and Michigan, and also the Retiree's Guide to Social Security from Pat Samasco. I want to thank our sponsors, Thab Gross, Samasco Law, Kirshner Law. Now back to the show. If you're retired and in a financial crisis, there is a way out. It pains me when I see a retired couple exhaust their savings by paying credit card bills and for a home hopelessly underwater. Thav Gross specializes in helping retired people in financial crisis. You just can't keep paying until you're broke. You need to address the problem now. 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-HELP. We're Thav Gross. Our firm will solve your problem. You can't work. You have to deal with pain and stress. Worse yet, our system for applying for disability benefits seeks to deny you the benefits you're entitled. Jeff Kirshner is an expert in obtaining disability and workers' compensation benefits for his clients. You need to call Jeff before you apply or after you're denied to get the benefits you deserve. 888-235-HELP. 888-235-HELP. We have a program. We've already developed it and put it in place, and we've been waiting for the rollout for the moratorium to go down. It's called the Eviction Defense Program, the EDP by Thav Gross, and we've developed it and put it in play. But here's the big point which you were making. You're going to get evicted if you're a tenant, and you need to get on top of this, and you need to defend it, and you need to do everything you can to protect your interests. And the last thing that you want to do is do nothing. All right, back to employee issues. All right, little tidbit one, health insurance. I see this all the time. Client comes to me, I'm reviewing their employment agreement with their employer, and the client says, you know what, I don't need health insurance. My spouse, my husband's insurance is good, or my wife's insurance is good, so I don't, want, I don't need that benefit. What should I do? 
And what I always say to them to do is go to your employer and say, number one, I want the money. But number two, say to them, I want the money as it increases. Whatever the insurance premium is going forward, if it increases to the employer and you would be paying it for me, you give that to me. Because health insurance, we know, keeps rising. So don't just have it be, if it's $1,500 a month starting this year, next year that might be $1,750. Negotiate for yourself to get that increased number. If you don't say a word, the employer is not going to give you the health insurance. He's not going to give you the money. What you time is this show on? Because I want to make sure that I schedule something for my office employees that they don't see this show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch the show at that time. Well, a message to the employee. If you don't ask, you shall not receive. Right. Okay? You That's have to true. step forward and assert, and assert your rights. Termination provisions. Well, you know what? We, we, on that, especially at this market right now, when it is absolutely "quote unquote" a buyer's market. Any, if you're an employee you're looking breathing. for a job, you have clout. a lot of clout because there's those employers out there are really looking for people, and it's amazing how few there are available to, to fill jobs. Market drives the conditions <clears throat> and so does your worth to your employer. So Let's a, say it's a, a different market and it's <clears throat> an employer market. If you're a key employee and the employer needs you, then you have to use that leverage to negotiate from. If you're not a key employer employee and you go to the employer and say, I want this, I want that, and everything else, the employer says, you know what, I understand, you're, I understand what you want, but we can't afford to give it to you. The employer is saying that to you and saying, if you want to quit, you can quit. But if the employer wants to keep you, he's going to have to make you happy. That's what it comes down to. Right. It's not, it's, it, you, you have to be willing to take the position when you're in the employee position. All right, Michigan's an at-will state. What does that mean? That means you can leave your job for any reason you want at any time, and your employer can let you go for any reason at any time. That's not illegal. Not and it doesn't matter if, if you don't have a written contract. The presumption in Michigan is it's an at-will state. If you have a written employment agreement that says you can only be terminated for cause, then you're not an at-will employee. But it's very unusual to have that type of an agreement. More often you'll have a written agreement that says you can be terminated at any time or you can be terminated for cause. But on any time, sometimes it'll say on 30 days notice, on 60 days notice, on 90 days notice. What's the benefit and the detriment there? If you're the employee and, you, and there's a 60 day notice provision, you're obligated to give 60 days notice. And if you don't, you run the risk that the employer could sue you for his damages for having lost your services during that 60-day period. Have I seen that happen often? Very, very rare. Another thing though, you could lose maybe some separation benefits or coverages that you would need for that period and things like that. You'd lose that. And, and, but on the flip side, if you have the employer has to give you the 60 days notice, more likely than not when the employer wants to get rid of you, they're going to pay you for that 60 days, and they're not out. going to require right. you to work. They're going to walk right. you out. So my advice normally to the employee is, yeah, let's try and get 60, 90 days notice just in case it doesn't work out. That way you have the leverage of getting that, you know, it's, it's kind of a guaranteed severance pay is what it comes down to. How excited is the new employer uh, when they see Ken Gross negotiating the uh, the uh, They just shake in their boots. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. What it comes down to is you, you it, 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 some employers don't like when the employee goes lawyer to a lawyer to, to negotiate, but you really need to look at that and assert your rights. If you don't, go back to it. If you don't ask, you shall not receive. That you know that 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 it's a guarantee. So let's flip then. Right at the last second, they get the termination notice and a termination agreement. Do you ever review those for the the employee? Yeah, we want to review the severance provisions, review the benefits, and see if there's anything we can do. Whether there's any discrimination claims and possible claims. That's a wrap. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with Law and Reality.